0: To the dead format episode 55 my name is Ian McEwen, and I'm joined tonight by my co-host the Hider of the spice Tom smiley and we we're to talk about Legacy I
1: don't get this reference am I hiding is this
0: bro you said you got something spicy to, to talk about in the show and i I'm not allowed to know what it is so
1: oh you were absolutely right I was yeah we we're gonna make it through the the intro you were gonna talk about your week and oh, then okay. I was gonna that... I was gonna I was gonna bring some stuff up on you
0: all right, then I'll I'll call you the, the Breaker of the Pox, Tom Smiley. Perfect. So what's going on, bro? You don't have the, uh, the Pox deck you thought you had?
1: Well, okay, so uh, the Leaving Legacy tournaments this week, my buddy Matt has never played Legacy before, but he loves playing Magic, and he's going to be playing Legacy for the first time, and he's been playing Pox online, so he wants to play Pox. That's not the spicy thing I have to talk about, but if there is somebody going to the event that has pox already built, it would make it a lot easier for me than trying to put all these cards together. Because I have the expensive stuff, but the stuff I'm missing is the stuff that, one, I don't think I ever want to own, and two, I don't want to have to go through the hassle of buying just so my buddy can play in this event. I will if it of... comes down to it, but...
0: I probably have it. What kind of stuff is it? It's it's
1: literally like smallpox and innocent blood uh, I, mean, I have that stuff. Yeah, like the, the commons and uncommons for it. So. I have the
0: stuff from uh from modern eight rack, so
1: Okay. I will I'm gonna compare the list.
0: Alright. Anyway, we obviously, yeah, you mentioned we have this week Saturday coming up twentieth, the Leaving the Legacy Open, uh two K, two point five K. I don't know what the minimum guarantee level is, but it's the big tournament that we have around here for the summer really. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm back in Legacy Leagues now.
1: I can't wait. I absolutely can't wait.
0: And well, I, gotta,
1: go I, wanted, I wanted to say thank you. Because last week I was talking about, and we're going to get into it, what decks we really want to play for that tournament. And I kind of made an argument that I wasn't going to play a Ren deck because I didn't want to pony up the money to pay for Rens. And I got a few messages from some really nice people. Tom and Sugi both were like, listen, I'll mail them to you. All the way from Canada and Arizona. And the offers were on the table, and I really appreciated that.
0: So are you you doing that?
1: I did not take them up on their offers. Okay. Because of the spicy thing that we're going to talk about once we get through this intro.
0: Yeah, I went to uh, SCG Worcester this weekend. Like, uh, standard open. I didn't play in it or anything. I just went to Vend and got a couple Rends there, just in case I do decide to play that deck.
1: Did you go to play old school? I have a few friends that went to play.
0: Yeah, no, I, I didn't. We had kind of a a little run around that morning, so I went to, was not able to make it in time for old school. But I did go straight to Railer's Tavern when I got there and said hi to our buddies Steve and Chris and Dave. Did and you see
1: Jeremy there? No. Oh, okay. I thought Jeremy was there playing.
0: I don't. I don't think so. I'm, it's possible, but I didn't see him. Okay. Anyway, we, uh, I was there for probably about an hour, played some games with people, and then uh, went back to the, the site after you know a couple shots and started vending some cards. It got a little crazy, but dude, this standard open had 390 players.
1: That's a pretty small open.
0: It's the exact same size as the modern classic from that team open last year. It's pretty. It was like crazy to look at. It was like looking at a classic.
1: Yeah, it's about that's about the number of teams that opens had been getting.
0: Exactly, bro. It was it was crazy. It was kind of scarily small to look at. But I ran into our, our buddies Topher and Adam were grinding there. I think Adam daytuned, so it was good for him. You know, it was cool. But I didn't get to you know playing legacy there or anything like that. I just went back to old school and felt like there were more people at the tavern. Honestly.
1: I mean, that's the place to be, right? Yeah, Like dude, was, We're a Legacy sure. podcast. We don't need to to talk down about the other formats, but there's a reason why we don't play a lot of standard.
0: Also, uh, I got to play at Moogie's on Wednesday night. Uh, Rich brought out this Time Vault deck that was fucking sick, man. I I, I got smoked. Uh, I wish I had four Time Vaults now, but that's just not something that's going to happen. He was actually telling me a story. He top-aided a Grand Prix with Time Vaults and Legacy back in, I don't know what he said, Ravnica days, I think, 2005, 2006. Wow. Do you remember that deck?
1: I don't. I have a time... To- oh, wait, no, I don't. <laughs> I, I do not remember that deck.
0: He was saying that there was a window in time where the way Time Vault worked was like you could just skip infinite turns to...
1: To put to charge just- counters on it.
0: Well, basically, but what you're doing is just making your opponent uh, take some sort of action. I forget what the specific combo he mentioned was, but basically he would just skip his next twenty turns and make his opponent have to take twenty turns in a row where they couldn't take any actions and lose the game.
1: Oh, okay. I yeah. I, I I get it.
0: Yep. Yeah. It was uh it was pretty cool. So yeah, that was that was my week. Also, I got an email this week from my second tied for second best friend you know like i have my best friend and then there's like four of us another dude from that group is having his bachelor party up in uh, upstate new york on september 20th so now is that we...
1: the scg weekend no oh that's atlanta weekend
0: grand prix atlanta we've also got lobster that weekend and listeners may know of course we're storming area 51 that weekend now we've got a bachelor party, so it's just like this weekend man, it's like when it rains it pours, right? I, I have no fucking idea what I'm doing that weekend yet. <sighs> You're
1: I gotta, definitely going to Atlanta, right? I, I gotta I gotta tell you what the what the spicy news was. I don't think I'm going to Atlanta. Uh oh. We put an offer in on a house today.
0: Ooh and I love it.
1: I wow. absolutely love it.
0: There you go, man. Congratulations. Thank you. We're going to
1: see tomorrow, tomorrow by noon, if it gets accepted. But the spicy thing that I wanted to drop on you was it's sort of at the top of our budget where we can afford it. But sitting down and writing a check for that amount of money, it <laughs> like gets me gets me to a point where I'm not super comfortable with the funds that I have in my bank.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Where like we can, the numbers work. But going from the cushion that we have now to right after I write that check, like, it's not where I want to be. And the question that I wanted to ask to you was, what would you keep as your one legacy deck that you would be willing to play forever if you had to sell everything but one deck? Now... I don't think that I have to sell everything but one deck, but moving quite a bit of the stuff that I have is going to make it a lot easier to make all of the things move, maybe to get our oil upgraded to natural gas in the house. Some big project freedom that we gas. Uh, to freedom gas. Absolutely right. But I, I think that I'm going to be putting quite a bit of my collection up now. Wow. And I already moved my power and that, that helped out quite a bit with the house. But I think that I'm going to be moving some other stuff too. So the question that I wanted to ask you, and this is completely sprung out of the blue because we didn't talk about this before, was if you could keep one deck in Legacy, what would it be?
0: (sighs) Alright, so we need the pick of the week music or something because we're getting into MTG Finance right now, which is Let's crack my knuckles here.
1: Well, it's not, so I'm not, I'm not saying what deck would you keep as a financial decision. It's like you got one deck that you can keep to play. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, no, I feel you. I would honestly, and this is sort of a road I've been going down for a while now, just because of like the prices being what they are and feeling like it's kind of untenable in, in like the back of my mind, it's constantly going. I would be aiming to keep for myself two to three traps, two to three tundras, and two to three underground seas. Okay. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say like a, a specific deck, but th- those would be the duels that I would want to have access to, and then just find the deck from there.
1: Okay. So you you're going you wanna keep a part of your collection right. that Gives you a little bit of flexibility, but you don't wanna to commit to a single deck.
0: So to be able to go Esper or Bug, and then potentially like the two color like stone blades within those those pairs, you know?
1: Yep. No, I understand. So I I'm not sure what I'm gonna do. Basically, hopefully we the offer sticks on this house. And I'm gonna have very little left in my bank account and I'm gonna be moving some stuff to make up for that. But I wasn't thinking about it in the way that you said. Like, keep a little bit of each. I was just trying to keep one box and move everything else. So your answer is, like, way better than what I'm asking. But let's say you had to pick one. What would you do?
0: It would be... See, this is kind of unfair. I would pick Esper Stoneblade just because it has the most value. And I would be able to trade into other things. So that's kind of a shit answer. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I understand.
0: So I guess the 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 better answer would be stoneblade. And to spoil the challenge a little bit, I think that it's a really horrible time to be playing stoneblade right now and two stoneblade decks still 5 would in this challenge. So I think that it's it's never going to be an awful deck, you know, even when the, the odds are totally stacked against it. It's a deck that's just designed to have play against everything, you know, you have plows, you can have dazes if you want you have Forest of Wills. you have Brainstorms, Stoneforge Mystic. Like, you're going to have game against everything. So, if I really had to honestly answer this question, and let's say that there was like a $2,500 cap on what you had to keep, I would say Blue-White Stoneblade.
1: That was my choice. Nice. Because I wanted to still have something that was cantrip-based. Right. And I love playing Stoneforge Mystic. So, that was... That was my... You can take one deck into the abyss with you it's going to be that so obviously i need to see how all the numbers are going to work out but man i love this house it's in a great school dr- district for my kid the nice. backyard and the layout are exactly what i wanted in a house and i think to i think to make it work i'm going to be putting some stuff up
0: bro let's dox your ass where is this place i uh i don't i'll send it <laughs> to
1: you but yeah, it's know. in the town that I live in now. I live in Danvers. Oh, it's in Danvers. It's so it's so it's in the same town. So and so it, we're
0: basically we're friends for life now, bro. Because because I'm not getting away from Danvers. You know that.
1: Yeah, well, I know, I know. I'll cut this, but I know Courtney's parents live there. You I'm going to send yeah, you the I house.
0: Nice. Is it a house that I would know? Like I, I've driven on that road, maybe.
1: Uh, maybe.
0: Yeah, dude, I know what you're talking about.
1: But it's it's beautiful.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. I'm, I'm a big fan of Danvers, obviously. I'm going to be there for major holidays for the rest of my foreseeable future, so.
1: And you can always, you can always swing by.
0: Yeah, it's pretty dope, man. And uh, you don't have to go up to fucking, what was it called? Where I, where I got married? What's that town called? North of you? Topsfield? Yeah, you don't have to go up to Topsfield. So, yeah, man, that's awesome. Yeah. So Congratulations. I, y-
1: yeah, that, that all happened today. Like, my Even though I haven't been working, I've been taking classes full time and trying to make sure that we find a house and doing all this stuff. Things things move pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, you said at some point that, oh, I remember. It was with regard to next week. I don't know what we were planning. Oh, the St. Louis tournament when you were like, oh, we're going to have uh, hopefully an offer and a house by then. And I was like, "Yeah, whatever." <laughs> like in the back of my head, I was like, "Sure, you will." So that's pretty impressive, man.
1: Yeah, we um, we we knew our timeline was we were going to be ready for pre approval in early July, and we need to be out by October first. So okay. everything's coming together.
0: Sweet, that's awesome, man. So yeah, we uh, it's interesting you're talking about this, like vending off your legacy cards and stuff, because I, when I was at this grand prix, like just seeing i'm sorry scg just seeing an event with 390 people and just like this feeling that you have like because when i've been there so i've been there in april of 2017 we had almost 800 players for legacy uh then a year later we had like 680 for legacy and then we had a team open with like 900 and now to see one with three ninety, and that last Grand Prix Providence was like seven hundred players, right? Yeah, and I mean that's standard. Yes, it's standard exactly. But just like seeing the smaller crowd and being like, "Man, who, like, somebody's going to be left holding their dick," right?
1: Well, like, so honestly, I, I don't, I don't know about the card values. Like, I the honestly, I don't want to sell my cards because i still think that dual lands are going to hold value i don't think this is the top of the market for dual lands i just i really i really need money and yeah, yeah. every time i've sold cards in the past i've regretted it but i don't i don't feel like i can regret making a decision that's going to give my kid a better education and have a house bro so, do
0: you realize indirectly you just said you regret getting married
1: did i really say that <laughs> oh, because i I sold cards to pay for my wedding, yeah oh man, that day that that day
0: the uh the infamous
1: I ran s c g out of cash day, yeah walked out with a fat pack full of bills and you <laughs> you wouldn't buy a tropical island from me.
0: I thought they were fake.
1: yep, because nobody could be selling a tropical island for that amount of money.
0: It was a trap and a vault for two fifty all day.
1: That was 2010. That was a long no, time ago. No, it wasn't
0: 2010. No. I, li- I lived in New York in 2010 and didn't play Magic. Then it
1: must have been 2011. I got it married was... in October of 2011,
0: I think. I don't think so, bro. No, I, I did. It... I must have. I think it was 2013. Wait, hold up. What year is it? <laughs> 2019. You're right.
1: <laughs> I got I got married in 13, never mind never mind, uh, my wife won't listen this far in any way, although right. you want to know what happened? last What's week up? you know how we had that conversation at the end of the cast? yeah she walked in as I was <laughs> editing as I was editing, and she's like what are you guys talking about? and she <laughs> walked in on the part where I said my wife won't listen this far so she fucking listened Did to you the leave whole it thing in? <laughs> I left it in and she listened to the whole thing.
0: Uh, is she mad at me?
1: No, she's mad at oh, me. She's yes. like, why, why would you put that on the internet? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oops. That's awesome. Sorry, hon. Yeah, that's great. Sorry, Alyssa. <laughs> so anyway. So, yeah, anyway. That, that's an that's interesting conundrum, though. But basically, I've paired my collection down now uh in the process of acquiring power mostly i pared it down to like exactly what i'm going to play and it's not like one deck or anything like that it's more like what we were talking about like i could play in fact death and taxes any delver deck any stoneblade deck that sort of thing but like i don't have cards for let's say reanimator or a sneak and show or a chalice deck like any chalice deck anymore like i've sold all those cards just because i don't know man it it sort of mirrors the stock market honestly like i feel like values are just really high everything's valuation is really high right now and money's just everybody thinks money's so free right now that it, it's a little scary and I, I feel like you have to be a little contrarian in that situation like i i don't want to be holding the bag on you know, I don't want to have, let's say, eight Snapcaster mages, right?
1: Or like three sets of each fetch land.
0: Yes. It, dude, exactly. I, I don't have a fifth copy of any fetch land anymore.
1: So yep. that's that's the boat that I'm in. But I think we're going to keep on riding this free money train into oblivion. It's just easing all the time. Asset values are just going to keep on getting inflated and inflated and inflated.
0: Keep America great.
1: That's That's what we're doing. But anyway... So, I'm glad yeah. I'm glad that we have that conversation because my wife did just come in and she's like, you know what? Your mental conversation about what would you, what would you sell, that would make a good episode. <laughs> you wanna say hi, Alyssa? I apologized for talking about James's sleep last week. Do you wanna say do you wanna say something? No, I'm good. No? <laughs> you wanna come closer to the mic and say no that you're good?
0: <laughs>
1: no. Alright, just go. Good night.
0: Anyway all right so That's that. we uh we have this so you're not going to oh, go wait really
1: Alyssa, can you get me a very hazy yeah. thank you <laughs> sorry sorry i went to treehouse this week they released very hazy again and it's one of my favorite beers
0: how much uh sugar is in that guy i mean al- are we talking alcohol or are we talking sugar I'm talking about when I had what was the the treehouse that I had. recently? You
1: had a stout. I gave you a moment of clarity. Yeah, okay. now that it's completely different. It's an IPA.
0: All right, it tasted kind of like grape soda in the beer. Grape soda.
1: Yeah. Oh, then it wasn't. It wasn't a. It wasn't a stout.
0: It wasn't that one though. Okay, Julius. Different... Maybe no.
1: Maybe it was haze.
0: I feel like it could. It's closer to haze than anything you've said so far. Okay, but anyway. Oh yeah, the uh Atlanta. So do you think you're out for Syracuse too then?
1: So with the way that everything is working, I think we're going to be moving. Okay. So that that like that 2-3 week window after September 1st before October 1st when we have to be out, that's like the biggest time we're going to be finalizing all of our paperwork, we're going to be getting moved. I I think that I'm just out and it sucks that all of that is happening then because I, I mean, I really want to go hang out with everybody. I had such an awesome time and like legacy Grand Prix are my number one favorite thing to go to legacy SCGs and team SCGs being number two. And I'm missing both of them, but this is just, uh, this is a big boy decision that I have to make. Yeah. And I, I'm not mad about, I'm, I'm disappointed that I'm not going to get to go do it, but it's the right thing to do.
0: Alright, so honestly, this makes my decision a little easier. So, September is like... I don't think I have any real plans for August. But September, I have the our fantasy football draft on like Labor Day weekend. Also, my wedding anniversary Labor Day weekend. But uh, we go to the shore of uh, Rhode Island for our fantasy football draft. It's like a big party every year. My friend has a mansion out there. And... That's one weekend, then Syracuse is next weekend, then Atlanta is the following, which is also LobsterCon and all that other stuff. So
1: And your friend's bachelor party.
0: Yeah, so I think what I have to do is is go to Syracuse now and not Atlanta.
1: I might be able to pull that off. I can't give you any guarantees, Yeah. but it just depends on what the timing looks like. I think Atlanta is definitely out. Syracuse yeah. is 50-50.
0: Yeah, no, I I was feeling bad about being in Atlanta if it was gonna be like you know a cast thing like it was for Niagara, for example. Then I feel like I ha- I want to go, you know. But now, well, I like, mean,
1: I I want to go anyway, but it won't be both of us. I I apologize.
0: I don't feel see I don't feel any bigger about a Grand Prix than I do about a SCG at this point. But
1: I think it, there's just bigger lights. There's more on the line for a Grand Prix because you can you can pull a Jerry and. You top eight and you're qualified for the Pro Tour. Yeah, that part's
0: awesome, but the bigger lights part is kind of not true, right? Because there's no lights.
1: Well, okay. Bigger lights if you top eight, but no coverage. So no little lights. Right. I mean there's 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 a much higher top end reward, but the SCG is better overall, if that makes sense. I just I'm a I'm a sucker for big splashy qualifications
0: the pageantry
1: the yeah it's it's the the watsy tournaments are more official
0: and honestly i would i would love to go to a, a pro tour just one time you know and to qualify playing legacy because that's basically the only way i would be able to qualify at this point it is kind of weird though to like th- i have a lot of opinions right now about the the pro tour you know it's not like last year have right. been a much easier decision
1: Oh, I I absolutely understand, and I don't want to go into too much of like what I think about the new pro structure and Watsy's decisions on the MPL and all that stuff. I'm glad I'm out of it. I'm glad I'm just playing Eternal Formats, and I love Legacy, and I could play Stoneblade forever, so let's do it.
0: Bro, how crazy is it that, uh, did you look at the challenge results at all? I did. There is not one copy of Terminus in the top 32. Yeah. How fucking crazy is that?
1: You bounce back and forth between the Terminus Miracles decks with all the Planeswalkers and what's going on now. There's a ton of value stuff that decks are doing that give give me a deck I guess Maverick that really gets hosed by Terminus. It used to be that Terminus pushed a whole bunch of decks out of the metagame. It was great. Now you're seeing like low threat count, high value threats from all of the Delver decks. Like Delver's playing Bob on a stick, and True Name Nemesis along with some other things. But you don't you don't see any go wide decks in this in this strategy either, right? In this challenge?
0: No, there's no elves. There is one death in taxes. There's no Maverick, you know? So it's like, it's almost like Terminus is there, but it's not there. You know what I mean? Like it's being taken care of other ways. Absolutely. And I actually played a couple leagues this week for the first time in a while. Well, I played a, a couple of weeks ago. I played with Waterfalls, but I played uh, that four color, like the, the one that Dystopia won the challenge with a couple of weeks back.
1: The four-color Delver deck with, like, yeah. two Ren and six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The or first maybe it league, was more.
0: The first League I played, I felt like the deck was just unbeatable. And I would Flood, actually, more often than I expected. But I kept making Ren Emblems, so it wasn't a problem at all. Like, Flooding was, like, the best thing that ever happened to me. So, I was loving it. And then, I played another League today, and I couldn't get anything to go my way. So... I, I really for this this leaving a legacy open. I feel like I'm not going to play that deck at this point.
1: So what are you leaning towards?
0: I would have my my number one most likely at probably about forty percent would be rug delver, just straight rug delver.
1: Stifle with, rug delver.
0: Stifle rug delver with tarmogoyfs and no uh, hooting Mandrills. No. What
1: about true names? Just straight up yeah, for tarmogoyf. Okay.
0: So, no, it would be probably right now, four Delver, uh, two Mongoose, four Tarmaboyf, two True Name, two Ren. Okay. I think that's what I like right now. Uh, hedging on the, the, the Mongoose, one thing that I found while playing this deck, this, um, four color Ren Delver deck, was that there was, I was having to throw away hands. This is really weird, but like, you don't have pierces. You don't have like that turn one interaction really. So if you have a hand that's like Wasteland, Trop, Vulk, and then let's say like Goyf, Bolt, Force, Days, you can't really keep that hand because you're just gonna have to play out a naked Trop and then just hope not to get wasted. You know? And if you have to Days, then you're just back on zero lands. Like you don't have the density of ones. Besides Ponder, you have Delver and you have Ponder, right? And if you don't have those cards, you don't have a play on one. And if you don't have a fetch land, you're just playing out naked at that point.
1: Well and to be that- fair, the decks that had spell pierce would have been in the same spot with that hand composition anyway. Because you yeah. run out your your land to play your spears, pierce and if you get wasted, you're back to one. Yeah,
0: but stif- so stifle is nice in that spot because you can just stifle a wasteland if you you know if you have to, or if you want to. That that's like a good play most of the time.
1: And these yeah. new builds still have stifle though, right?
0: Not the one that I was playing, not the dystopia one. But, oh okay. the, the four color one. I haven't seen a four color one with stifle yet.
1: Yep, yeah, no, never mind. I was thinking the straight rug.
0: The straight oh, yeah. rug is so, still. So has rug, stifle. I'm hoping to remedy that problem by going to rug. I understand. And Arcanist, while it was great and it did just win some games for me. I understand why it's in the deck. It's like this value spot and it it does fit pretty well in the deck, but it is just awkward not having that density of ones but still being a Delver deck, you know? Like I felt like I had two very distinct game plans going for me. And I I think that I need to play like a certain density of one drops. And that's why I would have two Mongoos, even though I don't feel great about it right now. I understand, and then I guess four color delver blue red delver those seem like safe choices, so there's this thing with like the the online meta versus the paper meta, like I expect that uh gaming center to have for example, more death and taxes, more maverick, stuff like goblins we're gonna see there, right, like I can guarantee you we'll see all all three of those decks by at least one person, yeah, so. Having Abrupt Decay and even having Thought Seize is more valuable, I think, in paper than online right now, but uh, I don't know how valuable, and I don't know whether this four-color deck would really be better against Death and Taxes given the Shaky Mana base.
1: Okay. Yeah, I I can completely get behind that.
0: So then the, the only other things that I'm still technically considering would be Miracles and some sort of Green Sun deck, man. I spent a lot of time thinking about Green Sun Zenith because we have Ice Fang Coatle now. Uh I actually just played against Jarvis online like two hours ago and he was playing an Ice Fang Coadle deck and it was like a bug astrolabe deck that I've I've kind of been thinking about that too recently. Like how how many times did you think like, oh man, I wish I could Green Sun for a Strix? And now that we can, it kind of feels like, okay, what was I, what, what did I want to do back then? Like, what is the deck with like a, a green sun package, like the Strix deck, right? You could, cause you could sort of play like a Rug Delver deck and actually play like one of a lot of those threats, right? Like a Hex Drinker, a lot of threats that we're seeing pop up, like Hex Drinker. Uh, even noble hierarch like as one of scavenging ooze which would be amazing right now with all these dread horror arcanists and stuff uh that that just seems like it it could be like unexplored territory
1: i don't know man i'm yeah. i'm not i'm not really high on green, green sun zenith right now
0: it's awkward because it's a sorcery and everything's so tight regard with regard to mana. But I'm wondering if there isn't like a just a straight blue green deck right now. But anyway, that, that's the, the fifth possibility of decks I might play. But okay. I will for sure say that it's gonna be one of those five things.
1: Alright. Yeah, that's a pretty wide net to cast. But it's it's a good place kind to start. Like, I, mean, it, I, I can't for, see you showing up with miracles.
0: It's four trap decks and miracles, right? Yeah. Like so, I, I
1: can't see you showing up and registering miracles.
0: It's actually the only deck I I really have built in paper right now, so it's kind of the front runner in that regard. Okay. Where where are you at?
1: Uh I honestly I'm still not sure. I was going to bring Death and Taxes cuz it's built and then after all of this conversation that I had with my wife, I was going to b- build Blue-White Stoneblade with some spell snares and I I don't know where I'm going to end up. Right now I'm focusing on making sure Matt has a pox deck because I'll play whatever and have a good time. And I'm not super worried about my performance. I think it's gonna be a pretty fun tournament. So we'll we'll see how it goes. I'm not spending I don't have time right now to spend three or four hours a day thinking about what I'm gonna play and test it to go spike this tournament. I'm I'm gonna play whatever I'm gonna enjoy playing and then everything everything will happen.
0: Alright. Fair enough. The other thing is like going rug and not having access to underground seat. Like I'm also, I'm sold on plague engineer right now. That was like my main takeaway from these two leagues I just played. Other than how good ran obviously is plague engineer is just a fucking beating and not having access to that card, like playing straight rug. That's kind of scary. Not having that effect.
1: Yeah. It covers a lot of bases that rug Rug has trouble with right, it does, like man. rug. Rug can't really handle go wide, and plague engineer does a pretty good job of handling typical types of go wide.
0: It really does. So I don't know. Maybe I'll find some middle ground there, where like maybe I'm not playing main deck the Seas is only like two abrupt decays or something, and just playing an underground sea and a bad nice in the sideboard. Like maybe there's some ground there. I don't know. But we'll we'll see, man. We'll see what we end up bringing. All so, right, you want to so, move on to this challenge?
1: Yeah, let's get into it.
0: So, the challenge was won by drumroll Rogue Delver. Six appearances total for Rug Delver in this challenge, by the way. The, With the most common Hooting
1: Mandrills. Yeah, this is
0: Baku 91. This is no mongoose, but there are some Tarmagoifs and some Hooting Mandrills. Uh, three Goyfs and two Hooting Mandrills to be precise. With three Ren and Six. And this is uh otherwise a pretty standard Elver deck. I I do really like the uh three stifle. I'm I'm a big proponent of three stifle. I know it came up a couple weeks ago. And three stifle is just sort of a hedge in my mind against like the chalice chalice decks and the Death and Taxes, where you don't really want stifle, it's not like uh as good as it is against the Blue decks. so I think that I think this is a good build. Obviously, at one, I I think that I would want to be committing between Goyf and Mandrils to one or the other, but obviously you can leave some room there and play a winning game because this sort of proves it.
1: Now, is the Fiery Islet the nineteen land one Fiery Islet? standard four rug mana bases now that they have run in six dude i just
0: i love that i love that inclusion and i was actually fucking around with the blue green one but uh with with ren i find that you actually are using red mana more it used to be the other way around but now it seems like red's a little more important than green i was trying uh three uh volcanic islands two drops one of the blue green thickets and a basic island for my 19 because i do think 19 lands is correct but i i did like having the 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 potential to fetch a basic island on turn one and ponder without getting wasted back so i think that either that mana base that i just mentioned or this mana base is what i would call correct now okay yeah it is pretty cool though and it's cool that they're getting adopted because if, if you recall like the first challenge after the set dropped when we looked at it, and I was like, "Oh, only one of these decks was like lands or something—was playing any of these canopy lands." But now it seems like they're starting to show up, like we expected.
1: Yeah, I specifically in the rug, the rug mana bases; those are just locked in now.
0: Yeah, it's pretty sweet. And second place, we've got. Okay, so I ran to Zach at SC. I actually played a, a little bit of old school on Friday, and I ran to our buddy Zach. Uh, Blood Moon acolyte at Etsy, and he. I, I asked him, you know, do you think Blood Moon is good again? And he kind of gave some back and forth answer, but basically that yes, you know, Blood Moon's gonna have to come around to remind people what's up. And I I think that that's kind of what happened here.
1: Yeah, I mean, everybody is experimenting with crazy four color mana bases, rug surprisingly cold to a blood moon if it resolves so i'm not surprised to see this
0: yeah it's pretty cool and it's it's what we expected so it's cool to see it happen like play out in practice so i was happy to see that and third place so this is fucking wild man this is the deck of the tournament in my opinion this is dn solver our boy curtis With four Elvish Reclaimer and four Hogak. And three Seder Wayfinder, which is a a card that I absolutely love.
1: I loved it in Standard uh, five years ago.
0: It's straight fucking value, bro. Oh, man. What if your Elvish Visionary said draw four?
1: Is this real? I think so. All right. Three... Three colony gardens to power out Hogak is that's pretty sweet.
0: I love it. I love everything about this deck, man. So this is like what? What would you call this? I don't know. Like as far as speed goes, I like. I guess Hogak depths would be the best name for this deck.
1: I I don't know. It's like make a twenty twenty or make an eight eight. Yep uh
0: yeah i so got i got nothing we should just probably just read this for the listeners it's four elvish reclaimer four Seder wayfinder four stitcher supplier and four vampire hex mage with four hogax four cabal therapies four thought Seas, four Crab rotation and then four mox diamond and 27 lands a lot of the lands that you expect from like a, a depth stack there's also like the, the colony gardens that Tom mentioned, uh, sort of a utility package with Bajuka Bog and Dryad Arbor, and one Wasteland. But other than that, it's a pretty standard Depths mana base. And this deck is just, it's fucking wild. And, you know, Curtis has done a lot to innovate this, this archetype, like in general, just like the, the absolute Turbo Depths version and then sort of the mid-range versions. And I think that this version, I, I really want to play against it, man. I really wonder if it has legs.
1: The Elvish Reclaimer, being able to instant speed, go get adepts, changes so much of the math behind when you can combo off. It's it's kind of crazy.
0: It really does, and I doubt that anybody will have any experience playing against it, you know?
1: Yeah. I'd almost want to explore having something like an unearth to potentially get back a hex mage or something that's been milled from a wayfinder or or put in your graveyard through another main. Yeah I, I love know. that
0: I love that idea.
1: So it's it's interesting for sure. This is it's crazy though. Absolutely crazy. You know what this deck
0: could use? Ran and six.
1: <laughs> I mean why not why not splash an extra color? You're why already not? playing you're already playing the Mox Diamonds you have that option of just playing the turn one, run in six, and then see what happens.
0: So, yeah. Get on that. Fourth place, uh, we have Shira Mooney. Shura... I'm not going to try to say this again. Death and, taxes, death, death and Taxes. Shira There we go. Death uh, and Taxes. This is the only appearance of Death and Taxes in the top 32 I mentioned earlier.
1: Isn't, isn't this super weird... That they're playing three Mother of Runes?
0: Yes and no. This is also the only appearance of Mother of Runes in this tournament. In this top 32, I should say.
1: Also, one Scrubland, one Flooded Strand, for a Black Splash in the main deck?
0: Yeah, that part's really strange. I would want to be playing, like, some Silent Clearings.
1: Well, I I mean, I would just be... I would be playing more than one Fetchland right, to get yeah. your one Splash Color.
0: I feel that, too. I think that I would either... Yeah, what you said, basically. Either play more Fetchlands or play, like, you know, three or four Silent Clearings. Either way. I think that I want a little bit higher density. Because you do have your Aether Vials to fix for the Pontiff, too, right? True. Absolutely true. But... <clears throat> Also, there's there's no pont- no extra pontiffs in the sideboard, it's just this one tutor little pontiff in the main. Yeah, I
1: Yeah, it's there. I guess yep. true name true name is that much of an issue.
0: What is but... Active Authority?
1: Uh Active Authority is the three mana ex like it basically exiles an artifact or an enchantment every upkeep.
0: Whoa. Yeah, that's pretty wild. I've never seen this card before.
1: Uh yeah, it bounces back and forth. So like you you cast it, it exiles something. During your upkeep, you can exile something again, but if you do that and it's your opponents, your opponent's gonna get control of it. So like you get you get a two for one and then your opponent can get it to try to shoot stuff back and forth. Yeah, that's Um, interesting. I'm I'm not really sure exactly what this is in there for. If if you were to ask me what what is this in response to A show and tell? I mean aren't there aren't there just better better things to hit with a show and tell?
0: You mean like so if somebody puts an omni off show and tell, which is typically the way that you beat death and taxes. Right. Uh one way that you can do that is like put in a creature with any trigger and then respond to your own trigger by you know blowing up their Omni. But this deck is doesn't have like disenchant in the sideboard, right? No, it doesn't. So I think that between this and Warpriest of Thune, that's kind of their plan against that.
1: Okay, I was just thinking. I, I mean, it could be an Oblivion Ring. It could be
0: right. It, it could be anything else. No, true. I, I'm not sold on this card at all. I I, I haven't really thought about it. It's the first time I've seen it. so It'd be interesting to see like what else it's good against, because I'm not really picking up like what it might be in response to. What, what I, death and I don't might know. Be worried. It's not like we're seeing Dread of Night right now or anything like that, right? Right. So yeah, it's interesting.
1: I'm it's, sure that there's something that I'm missing for that card choice, but I so don't wait. know.
0: Let's say that you play this card and then you hit an artifact or enchantment. And then can you target itself the second time around and then your opponent never gets it?
1: It doesn't have the return clause.
0: Right. So you just get rid of it. Right. But. Like if you don't want your opponent getting it. You would just,
1: instead of doing that, you would just keep it in play on your side. Oh, it's a may. Without, yeah, without choosing it. So. Okay, cool. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. Yep understood so yeah that, that won't happen so then rounding out the the top eight five through eight we've got a blue red delver deck played by kesty we've got kozal with a grixis control deck with nickel Bolas, and this is like a big grixis control deck with three Kolagons commands and four basic lands this seems like it's trying to go over the rendex
1: yeah and Nicol Bolas dragon god the 5-mana All-Colored Planeswalker. It yep. does a pretty good job of going over the top of everything.
0: It's pretty big, yeah. And then 7th place is another rug Delver deck with Mongeese and 2 Tarmogoyfs. And in 8th place, we've got an Ant deck by Porzat. So... That seems,
1: seems a really bad. Seems like a really bad time to be playing ant. Yeah, it
0: does. But there's three ant decks total in this top eight, top thirty-two. So obviously, people are fighting the good fight. It does seem like a kind of a crazy time to be playing it. But this seventh place uh, rug deck, I think, would be pretty close to stock, like as soon as Ren 6 was printed, what people were first trying. And it's interesting to see it doing well right now because there's some sort of bias of, like, people want to try new cards and new stuff. But I wouldn't be surprised if it turned out that this was actually the best list, right?
1: Well, it wouldn't surprise me, but again, you're you're saying this is the list that was very close to what people were playing when Ren first got spoiled. Right. And I think we have a little bit more information now. So i i obviously like the list that finished first a little more but with the way top eights go it it, it's not much that's separating those decks
0: exactly yeah Uh, basically what i'm saying is i don't don't feel like the question's been answered like that that's the good the best rug deck should be playing like hooting mantras or something like that or not playing mongoose right yeah i understand it's interesting like looking at the things that punish the different threats. Like, one thing we always talked about with Brixis Delver was how their threats were punished by different things. Like, you had to go wide, go tall, can't target. You know, you had your different threats. And with Rug, it's like looking at the hate that's around right now. You've got, like, Plague Engineer. We're not really seeing Zealous anymore. You're not seeing Deluge anymore. Terminus is still around, but that hits everything, so you can't kind of disregard that. But it's really Ren, right? Like, trying to play creatures that that don't get hit by Ren. Trying to... There's not really, like, a, a ton of, like, a one damage effects either. Like, other rug decks might be packing, like, is it Staticaster or Blazing Volley? Something like that.
1: Maybe a Forked Bolt.
0: Yeah. For, well, Forked Bolt, you don't really have to worry about with Mongoose. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. With... with uh, Hex drinker. And actually, just to spoil, later on in this challenge, there's actually a Noble Rug deck that showed up. And you know I love Noble Rug. Like that's something I've I've thought a lot about. And I think it would be really cool to play that deck with Hex Drinker now, but I just haven't haven't had the balls to play it. I haven't wanted to play it with Ren and Six around.
1: Yeah, I understand.
0: But yeah, no, I think it's interesting, and that's sort of why I was thinking about Greensland Zenith with regard to the threat package, because there's just so many different Threats and like anyone to be green green
1: sun zenith into hex drinker just seems so bad.
0: I Spent a lot of mana for a Savannah lion, but I don't know, man. Like late game, super late game, like what's better than a hex drinker? But like a six six progenitus or whatever.
1: But you're like you're playing a rug shell, and you're like, all right, if I get to the late game with five mana, I it, I don't know.
0: It happens, especially with hierarchy. Like it happens a lot. Like it. It's surprisingly frequent, but I don't know. It is kind of funny to see that like these rug decks aren't incorporating uh Arcanist the way that the blue red decks are, you know?
1: Yeah, I think they just have more options because they're playing three colors, and let's be honest, the blue red decks aren't playing stifle, they're not really trying to keep it in a low mana environment. So it's yeah, it's a little bit it's a little bit different. We see magmatic sinkhole too and a couple of the red de- the rug decks popping up.
0: Yeah, shout out to our boy Tom for being on top of that one. That was quite good.
1: Yeah, part
0: I <laughs> I I was not
1: thinking about that card at all when it got spoiled, but it's making its way.
0: Exactly, and it's pretty sweet. His planeswalkers definitely worthy of consideration. So, I'm not going to read like the whole top 32, but is there anything specific that you wanted to highlight about this 32?
1: I just had to read Retrofitter Foundry again. Oh, I know I've read that card before, but it's it, there. It's always
0: somebody with the fucking ninjas.
1: Marcus again. <laughs> always. In 17th, playing Noble and Dreadhorde Arcanist.
0: Yeah, that, that Noble rug deck. And what's funny is... You have the Exalted for the Dreadhorde Arcanist, but there's and nothing, nothing to do with it. There's just, in the sideboard, there's uh, shenanigans, which is kind of like, are you casting it off the Dreadhorde Arcanist? I mean, I guess, but uh, then there's also uh, an Braid in the sideboard, but it's really not like making use of, of that very well, I think. But you don't really need to, as has been shown already with Arcanist. You don't really yep. need to pump it up and flashback too so
1: Callum was playing the carrion feeder Hogak yeah. deck
0: is that just like a project of his now I think so I
1: think he was one of the original people to really try to break that he he, he does so much work would you play would you play Narset and Blue White Stoneblade there's a list in 21st place that is incorporated sort of a little Narset package and just a regular blue-white shell?
0: Yeah, I I do think I would, actually. And I don't think I would be on three of either Narset or Jace. I think that two of each is a safer place to start. But obviously this worked for this person. I'm not seeing this is Mahegan uh 001. And mm-hmm. this is like a back to basics straight blue white stone blade list with uh prismatic vistas. And it's cool to see this deck doing well, man. I, I wouldn't, like I mentioned earlier, I wouldn't want to be playing it right now. But it's good to know that it's out there, that somebody's giving it a shot.
1: Now, when you were talking about playing Renin 6 in a bug shell with an Astrolab, Astrolab mana base, are you talking about something close to what Daryl Ayres was playing in 27th?
0: Uh, let's see. This is. Um... Two Baleful Strix, three Snapcaster, and one Leopold. With three Ren and three Jace the Mind Sculptor. Three Inquisition of Kozilek, and four Ponder. Yeah, no, this is more like Grix's control with Ren, right?
1: Okay, I wasn't quite sure where, where you were leaning with that. When I saw this deck, I was recalling you talking about the Astrolab mana base.
0: Yeah, I I always I think that every astrolabe deck that I've tried to brew has had Ice Fang Coado in it. So I'm going heavier in on the green and and really looking at like red as a splash color. Whereas this deck seems to seems to just really be all in on all four colors. It's got for a mana base, three island and then one forest, one swamp. Uh no mountain though. But Bayou one trap, one Vulk, one bayou, one badlands. Yeah, this is a cool deck, man. You can do a lot with astro league, and this is just one example.
1: Was this a small challenge?
0: It or was seems this a like standard was,
1: size? Because we had doomsday finishing thirty first, and like usually, usually you don't see that.
0: The five twos went all the way down to twenty second. Or I'm sorry, that's not true. 27th. The 5 2s went down to 27th place. So this was not a small that, challenge. Now.
1: Yeah, that's actually a pretty good size.
0: Yeah, this is actually a bigger challenge. So yeah, th- this is a uh, not a small challenge at all, and I guess even though Doomsday I guess was a 4-3, it was on the upper end of that. Good for them. Yeah. When when I was like breaking down the decks, I was like, okay, six rug, five chalice. And then there's three ant decks, a high tide deck, and a doomsday deck, so I was like, I guess that's five storm then, right? Five spell based combo. It's not it doesn't seem like the time to be playing it, but they they did reasonably well.
1: Well there was hardly any chalice. There was a blood moon, a blood sun, and one Eldrazi, I think.
0: There were five total, yeah. There was also a uh Bomberman.
1: Oh, yep, the Bomberman.
0: And maybe there were there were uh like a Big Eldrazi and a small Eldrazi, either that or there were two Blood Moons, because there were five total Chalice decks, I believe. Yeah, you're so, right. So also, uh, there were a couple lands decks in the top sixteen, like lands showing up. And it's funny because I haven't, I don't really think about like where lands fits in this meta. I'm more likely to think about loam than lands. Mm-hmm. But it might be a great time to playing lands.
1: We should ask Sugi. He's yeah. he is on top of that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Maybe we'll have him on next episode.
1: Ooh, the call goes out. So he shits on me in the New England old school group.
0: <laughs> that happens. I'm just kidding. Good, yeah, he's good. So is there anything else we want to hit before this open?
1: Uh, no, I can't wait to play. Like, I'm really gonna enjoy just sitting down and playing Magic because I I usually have a weekend a month budgeted out to getting the stuff done and with school and with everything else that's going on i haven't played magic in two months
0: yeah it's been a while man
1: it was what was the last tournament i got to play in uh providence
0: what's providence that was the limited grand prix oh yeah yeah yeah. I when was that? that may uh probably yeah
1: yeah i haven't i, I haven't played since may
0: Wow. Yeah, it's a full two months for sure, that, that Grand Prix in Providence.
1: Well, I'm getting back, and I can't wait. And next week is just going to be me listing cards I'm selling. So, MTG Finance Cast next
0: week. Hell yeah, I'm ready, bro. Give it to me. All right, you got anything else? Nah, man, that's a wrap.